Hey there, friends. My name is Christy Browning, and I am the host here on the Marketing Megaphone Podcast. I am so excited to teach you not only true marketing tactics, but also some innovative ideas for your small business or nonprofit. I'll tell you, my philosophy is that marketing is not just about increasing revenues, but it's about growing relationships. And while we embrace technology and all of its advances to connect us to our audience, I believe that there's value in timeless techniques that are still very powerful, as well as those innovative ideas that are cutting edge and super cool. So hang out with me here in this podcast. We will be happy to teach you all that we know, and maybe we'll learn from you along the way. Stay Stay tuned, friends. There's good things to come. Well, for today's episode, I have a very special treat for you. We are going to uh, listen in on a conversation that I had with my very best friend in the whole wide world, Heather Lytle, owner of Lytle Communications. And we're going to talk specifically about how policies and procedures should be in place for your marketing and vice versa. And I know that sounds kind of strange how those things go together, but let me tell you, they do go together. Heather is the owner of Lytle Communications, which specializes in such policies and procedures. It is Heather's passion to help companies fight against risks, fraud, communication breakdowns, and toxicity. She is passionate about making sure your organization feels nurtured and heard and has the ability to continue its greatness after her work is done. She is truly a superhero type of gal when it comes to a business consultant that is looking out for you as a business owner uh, and really helping you declare those policies and procedures that invoke greatness for every organization and every employee and every uh, dream that you want to go chase. She's got the answer and I love her dearly. I value her expertise. She's one smart cookie and I can't wait for you to listen in on this conversation. So we are going to dive into this dicey, sometimes oil and water mix of creative marketing, but also needing policies and procedures. The two seem like they don't fit together, but I know from experience, you know, from experience that these two things go together. They do. They do. This is, this is the, um, mayonnaise tomato sandwich thing. It's like, you don't think those two things should fit together. (laughs) But they do, and it's yummy. <laughs> I was going to say the peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, true. Um, yeah, because when we went to Hershey, that apparently that was a huge deal with Mr. Hershey is he didn't believe that that was like a thing that people would like. And we and, love it, right? And we, we love absolutely it. love it. So, so we, we love policies that go with marketing. Yes. Um, for a lot of different reasons. One is you, you work really hard on your marketing, and you want it to work. You want it to be consistent. Okay. So, so you want to protect your brand. And so what you're trying to do is protect your brand against like any sort of knockoff. Um, one thing that I think of is <laughs> the movie coming to America when they had the Mac dowels instead of McDonald's. Yes. And then we have the, we have the golden ellipsis and not the golden arches. So, you know, that, that's a really good you know, because McDonald's is always coming after them in the, in the movie, right? So the thing is, is putting policies and procedures in place helps not necessarily from the external point of view, 
but from you, like somebody in your, your organization goofing up and really kind of diluting your brand. Um, yeah. And one way to think about it is, you know, we talk about like the experience when you go to Disney World or you go to Ruth's Chris or you go to Trader Joe's, there's a specific experience that you're waiting for. And all of that comes about because there are policies and procedures in place to make sure that the employees and everything within the store or that location is set in such a way that it's upholding the brand. Yeah. So those sorts of procedures and how you interact, the words that you use, um, you know, even down to like dress code Mm -hmm. is a big, is a big item. I really love that because when we're talking to clients about um, marketing, I mean, immediately they go online, right? They think mm-hmm. online stuff because that's where everybody is these days. Mm-hmm. And it's an easy pull for me to direct their focus into like print stuff because we all need business cards and brochures and flyers and all those kinds of things. But when I start to steer them towards in person, there's a lot of like, whoa, oh, oh, what is that? I don't understand why we need to talk about that. And there's such a misconception in the fact that when you have a space, that someone enters into, whether that's with your team, whether that's in a store, whether that's in an amusement park, like when Mm -hmm. people are encountering you person to person, your marketing still shows up there. And sometimes all of those pieces are converging at the same time. Like, you know, at a Trader Joe's experience, you know, it's signage, it's the store, it's the team, it's the experience at checkout. It's if it reads my card fast enough or don't, like it's all of those things fit the brand. Exactly. And that was, I read somewhere and I don't know that this is 100% true, but it feels like it can, could be, is the cashiers at Trader Joe's are encouraged to flirt with you. Oh, um, like not like in a creepy sort of way, but I, I, I had this experience when I went there I don't know, a couple weeks ago, the, the lady had commented on my t-shirt and I was like, like, and she's like, oh, you got a Star Wars t-shirt. I really like Star Wars. And I was like, no, you don't. I mean, I don't know her, but I was like, oh, okay. But it's kind of like that fun feel, like that fun flirty feel. And the same goes for, you know, like places like McDonald's or Starbucks. You can walk into any one of those places and you know what to expect. Yeah. So that's the policies in the in-person part. And yeah. And when you're a small business, you're just like a lot of times hoping that people just do the stuff that they're supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. and move on. Um, but if you really want to grow and become an industry Titan, that's something to think about. Yeah. And I think that's a really great point that the little details are important, whether you're just a one person show or you're a 10 person show, or you're a thousand person show, like mm-hmm. it starts with those small details and it starts the, the moment you like hang your sign out to say you're open, you know, what are those things that you want for people to get and experience and and feel when they interact with you and are they actually you know getting that consistently in each experience that they show up one of my favorite restaurants in in the fort wayne area is my favorite because every time i go it's the exact same experience every time from the people to the atmosphere to the food quality um just the vibe and the energy it's always the same i know every time i walk in there exactly what it's going to be mm-hmm. and um 
you know, I really appreciate it because it makes me feel comfortable as a guest and I know I'm going to love it. I loved it the first right. time. I've loved it the 55th time because it's always the same, you know, consistency and same expectation that's met there. Yep. So let's talk about how we translate that then into kind of um, some pitfalls maybe that people may be running into, maybe they've already experienced when it comes to specifically that in-person piece. What are some things we should be looking for that will have sort of that brand impact, good or bad? If we don't have the right thing in place, it's definitely going to be bad. Well, there's a couple of things I really think about. One is you know, one, you want to be clear of what your voice is and what are you about? Okay. So, you know, Lytle Communications, we're about coffee chats and belly laughs, right? So if I show up looking like Morticia and really being really somber and just like a really dry, then that isn't aligned with what I'm doing, right? Um, On the other hand is if I'm too goofy, then people are going to be like, why is she, what is her deal? Like, is she high? And let me tell you, the answer is never, (laughs) never high, (laughs) but you know, so, so you kind of have to like figure out what that voice is and how you're going to reflect that in your actions. How are you going to distill that down to your staff, to your team members, you know, whatever you want to call them to the point that one they are able to do it and reflect that brand. Um, another thing that you need to think about, and, and it's really hard to consider that these days, is being a little bit particular in who you hire. Um, because I, you know, coffee chats and belly laughs, right? I'm not going to hire somebody who's really dry, who's really coarse, who's really grumpy, and is just a real jerk, right? Um, because they're not going to be a good fit for my brand. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, everybody's trying to hire, it's terrible, you know, all that stuff, but it really want to think about who you're getting in, bringing into your organization, because otherwise, if they're not a good fit from the beginning, they might not ever be a good fit. Is that, is that going to be worth it? And that's yeah. going to dilute your brand. That is really great. Cause there's just some things you can't train into people, mm-hmm. no matter how much you write it out or you put it out there, like they're just never going to be the thing they're not and you're right like having on the opposite like if you needed someone uh to 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 sort of morph into this person um Mm -hmm. you know to be this really upbeat high energy you know belly laugh type person and that's not them they're not going to feel comfortable either Mm -hmm. trying to be something that they're not so I think that's a really great expectation as an owner and as a hiring person to look at an interviewee and say, okay, you know, not only is this about skill, but do you match the vibe? Because this is part of who we are Mm -hmm. as a company and as a brand. Yeah. And the smaller you are, the more important it is. You know, I came from a company that had probably 50,000 employees and, you know, you know, it didn't really matter, but if you got five employees, then you're going to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the imprint piece, because this is the thing that people automatically check out when it's about people, because print is not people, right? Words, words, yes. just words. It's just paper and ink, like who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a big, big deal here. And I run into this with a lot of clients, especially um, when it comes to the words that we use when we are talking about our company 
that then flood over into the words we use when you show up to us in person. Mm -hmm. So there's where that in-person piece matches the imprint Mm -hmm. thing, but also knowing too, if I work as an owner really hard to craft and create an imprint piece that then I need to duplicate, I may not always have the team members that know how to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always get recreated. And that consistency piece is such a big thing that we preach here on our end when it comes to that brand recognition. Yet so many times I have clients that can't reproduce or can't create things because they've not kept track of anything when it came to creating that imprint piece. That is really huge because again, when you're talking imprint, you know, we still, we still have print. I mean, no matter how much online you think you want to do, you're still going to need print and screwing up in print is expensive. Yes. it is. <laughs> I mean, I have been there. I'm like, Oh man. So the thing is when you're looking at a couple different ways, you know, you spend a lot of time creating what you're about, your voice, your vision, you know, kind of what you're about. And then we translate that into print and we're using, fonts and colors and those sorts of things so one is you always need to set up a branding template and I know you got you do that a lot for all your clients um is you know what is the the font that we use what you know a couple different options what are word buzzwords that we always want to use right um because we want to make sure that everything that we create reflects our brand um on the flip side of that is you know like you said, that's that reproduction piece. Mm-hmm. And people are so bad about recreating the wheel. Like we all do it. We all do it. And I was like, why are we doing this? This is, you know, come on now. So it's like, you create this flyer. This is exactly what you want. So you have the flyer printed and you lose the PDF. So one of the things that you need to set, whether it's just a best practice or it's an actual process or a policy is where do you store those items and where are you making sure that they stay up to date Mm -hmm. because you want to access them because again you have to like search for the logo in 50 bazillion different places forget about it right um so you want to make sure that you're keeping that kind of piece your documents organized and that they're easy to find pull down and reorder And I think too, what I find happens a lot is in maybe organizations that have different locations or maybe have different divisions is that this division needed something. So they went here and they got it done. And on the letterhead, the logo is in the center, but then this person went on this division and got it done. And this person put the logo in the top left-hand corner. And it's just all of a sudden it starts to spiral out of control. And now all of a sudden our things don't look the same. And it's just simply because we didn't create a standardized way to reorder and keep materials on hand. Yes. And that's huge with those, with big, you know, big to medium sized companies. It's like, make sure that you're giving your divisions or your different teams in different locations, the tools that they need to do them, to create the materials that they want, Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that your brand stays the same because I've worked at places and I was like, well, you know, we're going to do this sort of thing. And they're like, oh no, we're just going to make it. And I'm like, what, what do you, what do you mean? We're we're just going to make it. No, we're just going to make it. I'm like, okay, well, it's right here. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. It's like, okay. Or on the flip side, corporate would be like, well, why do you need that? Like, well, because we have to make it, you know, 
suitable for the market, still want to make it, you know, reflect that corporate brand, but we need to make some additional materials or something like that. And, and just not having that accessible really is detrimental. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I, I find that too, with the brand template, not having that. And, you know, we always order the same bags from this company always. And then either that company goes out of business or the person's not there anymore or whatever. And so then you're, you're left as the employee to try to go find new place to get bags, but you don't know what the color codes are. You don't know where to find, you know, the right logo to put on that thing. I mean, it just starts to really get chaotic and it doesn't have to be that challenging if you just had a little bit of checks and balances and some standardized processes for those pieces. Yeah. And keep it organized and accessible. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings us to the third thing. And that's the online piece, which I save the best for last. Cause this is where Ooh, I feel like, one. yes, I feel one. like it is a powder keg. I also feel like it's the thing that can get companies in trouble the fastest yes. because yes. this is an arena, not only is uncharted waters for a lot of companies, but it's also a lot of personal stuff that as a business, you may not feel like you have the right to dictate an employee who shows up personally somewhere online, but then also brings your business into it. So kind of give us some guardrails to bounce against here on how we can really keep things true for us in our marketing when it shows to that online piece. Well, the uh, social media is basically like the wild, wild west for businesses. (laughs) It's like, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know, there's just nothing anybody can do about it. Um, But there are some things to do. So one is you want to make sure as a business that has a social media presence, okay, Um, whether you're doing pages or you're doing groups or what platforms that you're on, make sure that you know where you're at. Because what will happen a lot of times in businesses is they'll just turn it over to a marketing person, they'll turn it over to an admin, which is fine, but then this admin or this marketing person is just setting stuff up and nobody knows like everything. Um, I ran into somebody, I talked to somebody about this and they said, oh yeah, we had like two Instagram accounts because somebody got locked out and just opened a new one. I was like, okay. So first of all, you got to know where you're at. Second of all, you kind of need to appoint who needs to be in charge mm. um, and a backup. Well, you can never, never should just have one person do something, but who is in charge of posting, who is in charge of creating that voice and, and basically kind of pushing you out into the world as a business. Um, and then the flip side is, is, you know, if you're doing groups or pages or something like that, when you have followers, like who's reviewing those followers, who's moderating comments. Now, you know, people have a right to their opinion. I mean, I could say chocolate was terrible. I mean, I would be wrong, but that would be my opinion. Um, but so, or, and, uh, but as Hershey, you know, so if I'm Hershey and I'm just, you know, blasting, somebody's on there blasting chocolate, you know, that's not going to really align. So you're going to want to do something about that. Um, so what you need to do is have a policy in place for dealing with people basically that are trolls. Mm-hmm. Cause again, it's a wild west. People are in yeah. fights. Um, so how are you dealing with trolls? How are you dealing with posts that do not, or comments, I guess more comments than anything that do not align with your core values. 
because it's going to happen. And the thing is, is you want to make sure that you have this policy set ahead of time. So when you remove a comment and people get all hacked off that you remove their comment, you can point back to this does not align with our values. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to remove it. This is hate speech. This is bullying, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing with managing your uh, social media presence as a company. Um, another thing that you always want to make sure that you do is if you have a PR crisis of some sort, oof, just make sure that you have one or two people that are responsible for talking to the press. Mm-hmm. And that is it. And that everybody has to be aware that you don't, no comment all the way because again you're trying to craft that voice out into the world it should only come from one or two approved people yeah so I also think first of all I love the press advice because again you get different divisions and you get different Mm -hmm. people in charge of different divisions and then all of a sudden you've got more than one talking head and no one knows what the other person has said i had this happen with a client that that had divisions that sat in different states and Mm -hmm. the same um, media outlet interviewed both of them and they got conflicting information and it the reporter was like gold, you know, they saw yeah. it as a chance to really like, Jackpot. yes, exactly. And it was like, this could have been avoided if we mm-hmm. would have just had a little bit more of a curtailment on who's really talking about this matter and who's the right person, you know, to comment on it, um, right. which was, yeah, disastrous that that, that is disastrous. <laughs> but I was like, no, no, no. That, that's a bad day. That that's is a, a bad, very bad day. day. Yes. And so, so that's such a huge point. The other thing I think, you know, talking about that um, online social media presence, uh, again, you know, having too many cooks in the kitchen can really create some messy situations when everyone's kind of tackling certain things a different way. I also think this is really key when it comes to responding to direct messages through social media, Um, especially if that organization has any kind of like uh, uh, private information or there's security things about going through some online channels to share, um, you know, private confidential pieces that shouldn't just be said to anybody because you can't really verify the person on the other end, you know, who's trying to probe for information. So this is a, yeah, this is a really key issue that I would imagine the majority of companies that don't really have a proactive approach towards like updating policies and procedures, they're probably operating without a net when it comes to this, you know, facet of their business. And while it is a marketing thing, it is so much more than that, you know, if it we start is. getting into the weeds here. Well, and the, and the thing is with that is, you know, unless you appoint somebody, either everybody's going to do it and it's going to be crazy town or everybody's going to think somebody else is doing it yeah. and then there's nothing. Yeah. Um. So that's, you know, that's like a weird, that's a weird thing. It's just like, okay, you know, it's all or nothing. Um. Mm-hmm. So you need to really kind of make sure that you have the person and they are, you know, kind of trained up of what the voice should be, you know, yeah. and how to handle those sorts of situations. Well, and two, I think also it's a great um, opportunity to sit the, your team down or have conversation about, mm-hmm. you know, what happens when this happens and who sees this and who responds. Just like if, if there's an angry customer or client that calls into the office, surely you have a protocol on what happens with them. Like the receptionist 
poor little receptionist surely isn't the only person that feels that right like there's a situation yes certainly there's a protocol to be like forward them to a manager get them to the owner whatever the case may be and so the same thing is probably a valid you know parallel to what you need for your online situation when you're getting kind of those conversations going um Mm -hmm. actually had this happen with a client uh, they, you know, we had crafted their online content for that day. I shared the content to my personal Facebook feed because it was an event that I thought would be really cool to share and certain client stuff. I'll do that with when I feel like it's, a, you know, it's valid for my personal audience. Mm-hmm. This is a cool event they have coming up. And, um, you know, I wanted to, people to know about it. it's happening in our area and a friend of mine who has no like absolute connection to this organization at all whatsoever posted a nicely worded but yet negative comment about the organization and so I immediately came back and responded and you know of course I'm I'm going to respond in a diplomatic way because I want to do the right thing by my client and this is also a friend so I'm trying to like you know do that but I'm thinking man if this had just been on anybody's feed it's my personal feed. So I should be able to say and do what I want to do, but it truly is a reflection on my company. If I'm working there, like this gets to be really sticky, you know, on how do you manage this sort of thing? It it is really sticky, personal, personal social media and, um, you know, how that reflects, um, as a business owner, it's actually a little bit better because as a business owner, you can kind of control it yourself. And I know that I really struggle with what I put on my personal page was, which isn't actually a whole lot um, to make sure that it's, it's aligning with my business values and I'm not alienating anybody. Um, so I really struggle with that. And, you know, it's just people be like, well, how do you thought you supported blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do, but I'm not going to put that on social media. Yeah. I mean, sorry. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. Um, but when it comes to employees, that's a little bit of a sticky wicket because, um, you know, people have their individual rights, right? So, um, you know, I always say, you know, before you hire somebody, check out their social media just to kind of know what you're getting into. And that's the thing that we talked about, making sure that they're a good fit for your organization, that your values align. Um, but then on the other hand, it's just like, the thing is, if they have a beef or a gripe or a complaint against your organization and they go out there and they air it and they say you know Lytle Communications is terrible never you know I can't she stiffed me on pay which I obviously would never do um but you know like those sorts of things and it's just like well how do you do that well you're just gonna fire them like no you cannot but I would say you know in your policy making sure that you make it clear that if there's a complaint, you want to hear about it first. Um, and I know a lot of people, um, maybe that are a little <coughs> younger than us. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you know, we're talking babies. I don't know if there's such a thing as people younger than us, uh, <laughs> but, um, we'll go straight to that social media. Yeah. Um, but we, we want to remind people, you know, make sure that, you know, you're, you're bringing us up directly. Um, you know, don't tell the neighbor across the street that the neighbor next door's grass is too long. You know, go right to the source. Yeah, that's really good advice. So 
I'm having a lot of clients right now that are doing some marketing and branding refreshes um, just because some trends are changing and there's maybe some things they've never really uh, done to refresh, you know, in a, several years. And, you know, some things are getting updated. We're realizing, hey, we don't have all the same consistency. We need to do some things here and there. So this may mean, um, you know, a lot of moving pieces are getting updated or swapped out or changed. So any tips that you might give um, someone when they're thinking about, okay, we as the, you know, high level manager, CEO, whatever are making these changes, what might we think about or might put in place to let these changes sort of trickle down into our team to create, you know, more consistency below, you know, that higher management level. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I mean, you want them to go in with a communication plan mm-hmm. and, and kind of really, um, I know we always talk about you need a plan, you need a plan, but it's really important. And it's just like, once you've kind of determined that rebranding, what that's going to look like, what your new voice is going to look like, you know, those sorts of things. Okay. Well, you can't just flip the switch like the next day. So you need to think about, you know, how long is it going to take for one to implement it? And two, to make sure that you're communicating it. And mm-hmm. actually, you might need to communicate it prior to actually implementing it. So think about how long that's going to take. And it's just like, almost like if you are releasing a new product to a customer, because at the you know at its core, your employees, your staff or whatever are, are customers, right? You have to get them interested in this new brand because you need them to promote it. Yeah. Um, so how are you going to communicate that, communicate that? And there's no such thing as too much communication here because you want to make sure that they start putting that information kind of like in their everyday lives so that they're mm-hmm. doing the switch, switch gradually and they can kind of get, you know, figure out how to integrate that in just their everyday work lives. Mm, that's great. I have two clients I can think of that have, um, merged with another company Mm. or been bought by another company. And Mm. I know that that's always really scary transition, but with the one company, um, the branding is all changing because they're merging their brands together and, you know, they merge their names together and there's just a lot that's going on. And I think not only does that pardon, not only does that, um, cause some issues, uh, internally with just, people are scared when transition and change has to happen. Yeah. Yeah, But then, like you said, that communication piece is so huge because that can help people feel, um, like their hands are held through that transition and their security is still in place Mm -hmm. instead of that. Well, we got, you know, bought out and I'm having, you know, dinner with my family and my, you know, in-laws and I'm telling them how crappy this is because of this change. Whereas some communication might change that conversation Mm -hmm. to make it more positive and more beneficial to the brand. Yeah. Cause it's going to be stressful regardless. Um, especially when you have some sort of merger or something like that. I mean, that's a big step. So making sure that you're consistently communicating, making sure that you're um, you know, answering questions and being truthful, but that you're communicating a lot. Um, you know, I've been through companies that have just, you know, like, oh, the, this is the new logo. This is our new name. And um, we're going to start using that. So, I mean, really need to do it gradually. But the, also the most important thing is, is once you're ready to implement it, get rid of all that old stuff because somebody's mm-hmm. going to find it. They're going to use it and it's going to be not great. 
Mm, that's such good advice. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I actually have old business cards with an old phone number on them. And somehow I thought I didn't have any more around. And sure enough, I went to pull a couple out the other day to give to somebody and there it was with the wrong phone number. And I felt like a total <laughs> doof. It was like, oh, don't mind that. It's just the wrong phone number. I'm yeah. Yeah. Card. Meanwhile, like, <laughs> you know, I hope you don't ever need to call me. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's great advice. So really the key part of all of this conversation is communication, making sure Ooh. people are kept up to date and are told and brought to, uh, to the light, if you will, to the truth of this is really to how we handle truth. these things. It's right. And then documenting that. Right. So we always have a place to go back to, to know where we stand on key issues rather than assuming Mm -hmm. everyone's on the same page. Yes, exactly. Especially documentation, because if you have to ask, what did we do last time? Yeah. You should probably take time to write it down this time. Gosh, that's such great advice. I'm thinking as we're talking all the things I know I need to do every time we have the conversations like this, I walk away with a lengthy to-do list of like, <laughs> crap, I don't have that yet. Crap, How do you I think I feel? I still have like, oh, uh, it's the shoemaker's children. Yes, totally. Absolutely. Well, yes. Hence Christy and her business cards that had the wrong phone number on them. Right. I mean, yeah. it's what I do for a living yet. Here we are. So we're all human. It all happens. Yeah. Oh, grace. We go with grace. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Awesome. Well, I appreciate this. I think this conversation is not um, going to solve everybody's problems, but oh. I think it's a great way to get people thinking like, oh, we've just kind of operated and everything's been okay. Instead of waiting until there's a really big problem to address some of these things, maybe starting to get the wheels turning a little bit and thinking, okay, how is our company really represented, you know, in all of these facets, online and print in person, not just what, you know, we're looking at from a ideal marketing situation, but even those nuances of how's our team respond? What does our team do? Where's our materials at? How do we get more of these things? All of those things are, are pieces of the puzzle to make that marketing picture complete. Neat and tidy. Neat and tidy. Ducks in a row with their coats buttoned up, right? Exactly. (laughs) I love that. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you laughed a little bit because we sure did. But most importantly, I hope you took away with some great ideas and tips for your policies and procedures, especially around this topic of marketing. But more than that, I can't encourage you enough to make sure you head on over to LytleCommunications.com. Check the show notes for the link to that uh, website. There you will get to know Heather. You'll get to see a little bit more of what she does. But most importantly, I want to encourage you to check out her blog blog page. She uh, has a ton of resources here that are so well organized and provide such great value. You can learn a ton from her just in this blog page. Um, Additionally, she has some guest contributors to some blog content that is really fantastic and will um, bring you uh, more value and information in this whole area of uh, policies and procedures. So make sure you head on over to the show notes, click on that link, go follow Heather on all of her social media. We've linked that in the show notes for you as well. And uh, here, here we are learning about policies and procedures in a marketing podcast. I told you it would go together. Can't wait to talk to you next time, friends. Make it a great one. Thank you.